Hi there. Welcome back to the You Are Love podcast. I am Pastor Neil, and we are exploring the greatest power in all the universe, the love of God. This is episode 25 entitled, Shaken. We're in Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31, and Luke is writing about the continuation of the story. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, and now he's telling the rest of the story, the Acts of the Apostles. And the main idea, the main thesis of the book of Acts is found in chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, what do we see here in Acts chapter 4? Peter and John have just been released from jail for preaching uh, the gospel, for uh, possibly healing uh, a man who was born lame. And Peter and John go back to their own people and they tell everyone about the arrest and that they have been warned not to teach or preach in the name of Jesus. And everyone prays together. And they address God as the one who made everything. And they quote from Psalm 2. And they, they just proclaim that God is sovereign. He's in control. And they ask for boldness to speak. And they ask God for signs of healing and wonders to be performed through the name of Jesus, the Holy Servant Jesus. And after they pray, the place was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak God's message with boldness. So Peter and John are arrested for preaching and healing in the name of Jesus. They they stand trial, and they're told that they will release them on one condition. They have to stop preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. And and I love what Peter says. He says, we cannot stop telling all that we've seen and heard. Uh, Not that we won't or that we're in rebellion to you, but we cannot. We cannot. Uh, Jeremiah said it was like a fire in his bones. He just had to proclaim uh, God's message. So, What else do I see here in the fourth chapter of Acts? Verse 25 says, You said through the Holy Spirit by the mouth of our father David, your servant. Why did the Gentiles, and he's quoting from Psalm 2, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot futile things? So Peter, I see inspiration. I see Peter believes God is speaking through the Bible. Peter believes the scriptures are inspired God breathed, and that the Holy Spirit, verse 25, he says, you said through the Holy Spirit. And like I said, he's quoting from Psalm 2. So, God is speaking through the scriptures. The Bible is not just a book of rules and inspirational stories. The Bible is the way that through the Holy Spirit, God is active in our lives. God shows himself through the word. We can know God through His Word. So what does that mean for us? It's kind of exciting. You can hear Him speak to you. You don't have to wish that God would speak to you or hope that God would speak to you or guess what He's saying. It is written. God has spoken and God is speaking. Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is alive and active. 
God is speaking. So that's verse 25. Now, if we drop down to verse 28 of chapter 4 of Acts, it says, To do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. I see that word predestined, predestination. Uh, Acts 2.23 is a great definition of what predestination is. Though he was delivered up according to God, though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge. That is a great definition of predestined. According to God's predetermined plan and foreknowledge. Now, I believe the the Bible teaches that God is sovereign. It's an essential aspect of who he is and that he is the supreme authority and that's what sovereignty means, absolute power. Now, I also believe scripture teaches predestination. Scripture says that God will work all things according to the counsel of his will. Ephesians 1, 11. So, how can predestination, all things happen according to God's predetermined plan, and sovereignty, God is all-powerful, and free will work together? And that is a mystery, and that is uh, debated, and I know that this is uh, not something that everyone uh, adopts, I know that predestination is a hotly contested, debated doctrine of the church. But um, I believe God knows every hair on our head. He knows our beginning, our middle, and our end. To me, um, it has to be predetermined. God is, because God is sovereign. He wouldn't be God if he wasn't sovereign. If he didn't know our beginning, our middle, and our end. And... um, I heard this analogy that has helped me throughout uh, the years, and it's uh, a cruise ship. If we leave Port Canaveral in Brevard County, Florida, which is where I'm at um, in Florida, if we leave Port Canaveral at 7 p.m. on Thursday, and we arrive in the Bahamas Saturday morning at 10 a.m., we're all on that cruise ship, and it has a predetermined schedule, But we also all have free will. And some people will go to the swimming pool, to the casino, to the bar, the restaurant. But we'll all get to the Bahamas at the predetermined time. Now, all analogies break down. And I know this is a mystery. And I don't claim, I don't know that anyone understands the mind of God, uh, the will of God. But this helps me, uh, this analogy helps me a little bit. And I truly believe that God is sovereign, and at the same time, we have free will and predestination. Now, if we keep going in this passage in Acts chapter 4, we'll see a prayer for boldness. After they're arrested and let go with a threat, Peter and John go and pray with the other believers, and they... Well, let me read it for you. Acts 4.29 And now, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your servants may speak your message with complete boldness. See, after having expressed confidence in God's overruling power, the Christians made some requests. This new fledgling group. Look on their threats. They didn't presume to dictate to God how to punish these wicked men. And they, they said, grant your servants boldness. Their own personal safety was not the important thing. Fearlessness in preaching the word was paramount. 
This is such a God-centered prayer. It's not a me-centered. It's God, you're this. God, you're this. God, you're that. You know, what's ironic, if, if, you're, if you're looking at yourself instead of God and you pray, I need this, I need this, you're not going to get your needs met. But if you look at God instead of your needs, you're going to get your needs met. You, you aim at heaven, you get earth thrown in. You aim at earth, you get neither. Now, after they prayed, the place was shaken. A physical expression of the spiritual power that was present. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And the place was shaken. And they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. A clear answer to their prayer. So what does it mean that that they were shaken? Uh, That the place was shaken? And that they were not shaken by the arrest? They didn't shrink back in fear? Their prayer was God-centered. Nothing wrong with praying for your needs. Jesus taught us to pray for our daily bread. But this prayer is all about praising God, uh, yielding to His sovereignty, and being bold and fearless in promoting the gospel of Jesus. Acts 4.31 says, When they had prayed, the place they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak God's message with boldness. Um, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Here's what Jesus said in John 16.4 about the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus' own words in John 16, 4. He will glorify me because he will take of what is mine and will make it known to you. Uh, J.I. Packer, uh, a wonderful biblical scholar, said, The ministry of the Holy Spirit is the spotlight ministry. It's like floodlights. When you see a lovely building, you say, What a lovely building, not what lovely floodlights. The Holy Spirit shines the light on Jesus. The Holy Spirit makes Jesus more beautiful than he was before. So what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, in this context, they proclaimed God's message with boldness. And if we look at the main idea of the book of Acts, Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Power to be God's witnesses. Uh, When you're in a passionate embrace with your spouse, you are experiencing your marriage. Uh, You're just as married when you're away from each other. And the Holy Spirit hadn't left them. It's not like just before this they were in their flesh or in rebellion. Just like every day you're married, but there's times when you experience your marriage uh, through a passion and embrace or a hug or a kiss. But you're always married. And we always have the Holy Spirit with us. But there's times when we truly experience. And this is what these guys, this is the filling of the Holy Spirit to be powerful witnesses. Now, when I was growing up, there was this pond. It's called Specs Pond. And in the wintertime, it would freeze, and we would go uh, ice skating and play hockey during the winter, in the cold, cold months of winter. Now, as it got closer to spring and started getting warmer out, the ice would get thinner, and it would start to crack, and sometimes it would break open, and you'd, uh, you'd get off, if you had any sense at all, you'd get off of that ice. It was just scary. 
My weight was too much for the ice to bear. It would break underneath me. Now, this is a great analogy that helps us uh, understand when God's presence comes down, there's an earthquake. It shook Mount Sinai. The point of the earthquake is that nothing here on earth can bear it when God comes down in his full presence, his full weight. That's why Moses said, don't touch Mount Sinai or you will die. Even Moses himself asked to see God and God said, it would kill you. Our sin is too great and God is too holy. Uh, Isaiah said it like this, Woe is me, for I am undone, because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now here is Peter and John, and the place was shaken. The presence of God came down, and it did not tear them to pieces. The place was shaken, but they were not. Why? Matthew has two earthquakes. Verse 27, verse 45 says, From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. And about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus shouted again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Suddenly, the curtain of the sanctuary was split in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. Something was coming down or there would not have been an earthquake. God was coming down on judgment on Jesus. All the judgment that we deserved came down on Jesus and he was shaken to pieces. But then on Easter Sunday, there was another earthquake. And this earthquake was the death of death, the disintegration of disintegration. Jesus is saying in the gospel, I was shaken to pieces so that you could be unshakable. I was shaken for you. I got what you deserve so you can know the love of God and you can be accepted by him. And you know what that means? That means that we are unshakable. Guilt and shame, Jesus took care of that. Fear of the future, God guarantees the future. We don't know why suffering happens to us, but the reason that we can face the future is because God got involved in our suffering. We can trust him. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. We can face uncertain days because he lives. We can face the future confidently because he lives. Jesus Christ was shaken to pieces so that when God comes down in your life, it will make you more unshakable. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to know more information about our ministry, go to www.u r-loved.net We would um, gladly partner with you, pray with you, and um, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.